You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Oh man, how is everybody? Everybody doing good? Awesome. Well, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, the title of this message is Head to Heart. And um, Keisha, I had been working on this, and Keisha had touched on something Wednesday night uh, about her best yes, saying yes. And, um, and I'm going to tell you, I, I remember uh, saying yes to the little things. You know, when you were saying that, I was like, man, I, I just, I was having flashbacks to saying yes to uh, doing the youth of uh, two kids, <laughs> taking a Sunday school class that had two kids in it. And uh, I, I remember saying yes to that. And uh, I, I remember saying yes to uh, uh, stepping out and, and and not working construction and taking a cut and pay and, and, and moving and, and, and to, to do rodeo full time. I, I remember saying those yeses and I, I remember saying yes when uh, to give up our first bull calf that ever was born. I remember those little yeses that turned into now just blessings and dreams and visions that have come true and, I, and that God stirred in us that, yeah, you know, just say yes. And I, and I remember how uncomfortable and how inconvenient those yeses were to say. I remember how just on pins and needles, just like, yes, this is going to hurt. Come on. And I remember uh, just how the, the agonizing over it and, and God would send people to just encourage that yes. Come on, we need people to uh, encourage that yes and that, that, yeah, it's not comfortable and it's not convenient. And if you've been around here any time at all, you have heard us talk about uh, God's more interested in our character than our comfort. And let me tell you, we've lived that. And if you haven't been around, you're going to hear that a lot around this place. Because God is way more interested in our character than our comfort. And so sometimes our yes is uncomfortable. And sometimes it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's ever been convenient to say yes. I don't know if it's ever been comfortable to say yes. And uh, because coming to Christ is about a spiritual connection from our head to our heart. That's what coming to Christ is about. And so we're going to look at some things this morning. Matthew 28. We're going to start in verse 18. It says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, This is, this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead. He's, he's came back to his disciples a few times, and he's trying to kind of line out, okay, here's where we're going. Here's what's going to happen. Now, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> but my spirit's going to be here, and I'm going to always be with you, but through my spirit, 
And so he's kind of lining some things out and he's trying to make a spiritual connection from our head to our heart. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look what he says, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. In other words, here's what he said. There's fixing to be a transfer of power. There's fixing to be a transfer of power and you're going to continue the work that I've started. He said, I'll be with you from the end of the age. But here's what he said. He said, go and make disciples. Listen, here's what I can tell you. Champions aren't born. There's not a certain set of genetics out there that just births champions. Champions are made. They're made through trials, adversities, through becoming, come on, that passion, that desire, what's on the inside of them to do what they're doing. That's what makes champions. The ability to fail the ability to make mistakes and the ability to get back up and try again. Come on, are y'all with me? And Jesus, that's what he said right here. Go and make disciples. And it's very important that you understand God's intent. The very first thing that we see is make disciples. And here's what got me out of who? Out of who are, are we going to make these disciples? Are we just going to go to the upper class and make disciples? <laughs> I'm looking around this room. And I go back through the, and look at Jesus' disciples. They were not the upper class. Here's the disciples that's being made. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm, I'm going to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And, and, and let me tell you, when you understand this right here, this takes all the judgmental, critical, higher, mightier than, holier than thou, all that attitude out. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. <laughs> That's the pool that we're drawing disciples out of. 
swindlers, idolaters, adulterers, fornicators, drunkards, homosexuals. Come on. That's who we're, that's the pool we're drawing out of here. And that cracks me up. As such were some of you. Paul just, he just lays it as such were some of you. So we're going to take a look here. Disciples. Instruct. Learn them. Enroll as a pupil. Why does he say we're going to make disciples? Because there's a certain way that it's going to have to go here. There's a certain way. There's a certain road. There's a certain journey you're going to get on and you're going to have to teach them. And that word, listen, he says, go into all the nations. He's not talking about countries. He's talking about races, every type of people out there. Come on. All are welcome. That's what he's saying. Everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter. He says, baptizing them. Look, that word baptize, submerge them, immerse them, to make overwhelmed, totally wet. Listen, baptism is an outward sign of a, of a working that God's doing on the inside. It's something that says, I am dying to myself and I'm fixing to live for Christ. I'm dying to all that such were some of you. Come on. And I'm fixing to get on a new path. We're new creatures with new features, right? And so now we're having to learn a whole new way to live life. He says, observe teaching them to observe, to guard, to hold fast, to keep watch, preserve. See, here's what he's saying. Teach them to guard what you're teaching them. Teach them to hold it fast. Listen, you're going to have to fight to live right, to live a moral to have a biblical moral view, you're going to have to fight for it. Because we're living in a culture that's trying to change our worldview. Come on. Everything's fair. Everybody gets a trophy. Come on. There's 74 different genders. Come on. That's what we're being told. That's what the culture's leading us to believe. Listen, you're going to have to fight and guard what's taught in this Bible. Come on, are y'all with me? And then he says, to observe that, you're going to have to fight for it. It's going to be a battle to do that. And he says, guard everything that I command you. Everything that Jesus said to give us charge, the commandments to be obedient to trusting. And let me tell you something, that's where it's tough. Because a lot of times obedience is our yes. 
And that's when it's uncomfortable and inconvenient. Sometimes it's not comfortable to be obedient. Come on. Because it usually means something's going to have to, it's going to be a sacrifice. Right? It's a sacrifice to train up a child in the way he should go. It's a sacrifice to constantly whoop Junior all the time. And let me tell you something. You can't be lazy disciplining your children because their will is so strong. Come on. You're in a battle of wills and you got to win it. Junior can't win it. Because if Junior wins it, the house is lost. It is hell from then on. It is tiring. And you'll be chasing Junior around until he is. But it, when they get past 16, it gets expensive to chase him around. Because you're going to find him in jail. You're going to find, come on. Oh, yes, Lord, I'll train up my child in the way they'll go. Listen, all this speaks of another way to live life according to God's way, not just to go to heaven. Does that make sense? We've been so focused on just going to heaven, we forgot that we have to live right here. Listen, this is for our life here as we follow Christ. Because it's going it, to, it changes our very character. And that has to be a head to heart connection. It can't just be in our head. See, it takes discipline to be obedient, to observe what Jesus has charged us to do uh, in, in our journey. It takes obedience to do that. Our character is vital for the advancing of the kingdom of God. Our character is vital because the kingdom of God is advanced by faith. Come on. The kingdom of God is advanced by faith, not in persuasive words of wisdom or in, come on, how good a preacher can preach. That's not how the kingdom of God is advanced. It's advanced on this guy doing his job to make disciples, to build faith, to advance the kingdom. Come on. Faith advances the kingdom. And that's the ideal that God always had from the very beginning. Because here's the deal. God is leading us into battles against the kingdom of darkness. And when we go, listen, we can't ignore the kingdom of darkness any longer. We just can't ignore it. Because you know why? Now it's right in our face every day. It's right in our face. And we can't ignore it. And because we've ignored it so long, that's why it's up in our face when it should be under our feet. Because that's where the word says our authority is to put him under our foot. And so faith, 
God is leading us in battles of faith against the kingdom of darkness. Every time we make a stand against the kingdom of darkness, listen, our faith grows and somebody else is watching going, I can make it if he can make it. Such were, I was, such were some, come on, are y'all hearing me? Such were some, you know, we, we, we got to quit looking around this room as people are so holier now. No, we were just a such a sum of yous. And it's just one battle, one yes to the little things. Come on. Saying, yes, I'm going to get up and go to church this morning. Yes, I'm going to read this morning. Yes, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'll go Pray for that person. Yes, I'll stand out in the parking lot. Yes, I'll welcome people. Yes, I'll smile when I don't feel like smiling. Come on. See, sometimes our yes is not convenient. The kingdom of darkness works through your head. That's how the kingdom of darkness works. The devil does not know what you're thinking. He does, however, know what you're lusting after. Because he's always watching. He can't sit up there and what are they going to do? See, he, the devil's not omnipresent, all-knowing. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. But the devil just sits there and listen, it ain't the devil. The devil don't give two rips about you. He's got his demons working on that. So he, the demons are sitting there reporting back. Hey, he's okay. We'll just give it a little bit. Just give it a little bit. And so they sit there and watch. And, to, and, and God is getting us Building our faith. Come on. We're getting in the Word. We're learning to not click on porn. We're learning, come on, we're learning not to say things. We're learning, come on, we're learning how to possess our life and not something possess us. Yes. Come on, does that make sense? Yes, we're learning how to associate with people who build us up in faith. Come on. Listen, it's not always comfortable to have to let go of some friends. See, the kingdom of darkness works in our head. And he's always suggesting things, always putting things in front of us to try to get us to bite like, like fishermen throwing a lure. Yeah. That's how the enemy works. That's how the kingdom of darkness works. What are you going to bite at? Come on, does that make sense? And Jesus is always trying to make that connection to our heart because that's where true life comes from. And that's where victory comes from because we've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit of God if we want to know what's going on. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? When everybody else is upside down and the Spirit of God is at peace on the inside of you, man, all is good. Come on.
See, the enemy works through shame, insecurity, rejection, earthly material stuff that the devil wants us to appraise our worth and value. Come on. See, a lot of times our insecurities and our shame and rejection keeps us from having faith for the kingdom of God because we don't appraise our value and worth through the word of God, but through what we have. Come on. Does that make sense? Or if we've got our life together, you ain't never going to have your life together. Come on. A lot of people won't serve God because they don't feel like they've done jump through enough hoops yet. Listen, when, when our pastor said, hey, we need somebody to do the, 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 the youth age Sunday school class. Me and Wendy waited for weeks. And listen, we didn't know nothing. When I say we didn't know nothing, we didn't know nothing. And, I, and we just felt like God was stirring on the inside of us to just say, you know, I said, hey, if nobody, no, if nobody will do it, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Okay, it's yours. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, wait a minute. Don't you need to pray or fast or something? I mean, we're heathens. We were smoking dope and drinking beer not long ago. We don't know nothing. <laughs> Boy, your discernment's jacked up. You know, I mean, no, it's yours. Uh, well, okay. Welcome to the ministry. Yeah, that was his favorite phrase too. Yeah, yeah. See, this is all uncomfortable to our flesh. But it builds godly character and that's what the world is going to see. And that's what leads them to the kingdom to know that if you made it, they can make it. Look in 1 Corinthians. Well, let, let me just read this to you because I want to read it out of the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We talked about this last week. Verse 14. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, your head can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. It just seems silly to say yes to something so minute. Spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access. Man, this is so powerful. We have access to everything God's spirit is doing. You have access to everything that God's doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Man, that's so good. Come on, there could have been a lot of people going, them two kids, you, you ain't putting them over our youth. Let me tell you, I've had families leave here because Jackson was leading praise and worship. Come on. Y'all want to get this, break this down? We've had people leave here because Jackson was leading praise and worship. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. 
And let me tell you something. We would have missed some of the most amazing praise and worship songs. Some of these songs that we sing here, he wrote. Because of a yes. Even when he wasn't even ready. Come on. And can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's spirit? Anyone who knows what he is doing has been answered. Christ knows and we have Christ's spirit. See, the spirit of Christ, the connection that Christ made on the cross connected us to the kingdom of heaven. That's why he began to teach. Pray this way. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a connection about to be made. And you're going to have all the access you need to be able to live in faith, walk in victory, and be able to advance the kingdom of God. But I need a yes. I need a yes. Come on. How important to know what's going on than right now in our culture. With all the upper, hey, that, that's the one thing you see on the news right now. Everybody trying to figure out what old Putin's doing. What's Putin's next move? What's he going to do? I don't care because I know who's in charge. Come on. <laughs> I love it. People that rely on the world system that's failing is only going to see doom and gloom. And listen, if they do shut the power off, people are going to panic. Are you going to panic? Just checking. Just asking. See, what we see coming in the spirit is a move of God. What we see happening is a shaking by God. So if God's shaking it, he's in control. Come on, man. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Let me tell you something. When you've worked this thing out and you know where your treasure is, what can man do to you? What can man do to you? I don't fear the failing of the world system. Come on. God's working. He's working on our character. Every one of us, all the time. The importance of trusting God's system and way has never been more important than right now. See, we have to look from our heart, not from our head. And that's why Jesus always trying to make that connection. Look in Mark chapter 10. 
Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> we'll start in verse 17. <clears throat> and as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him, knelt before him, and began asking him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words his face fell. He went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. Now, first of all, let me just say this. This ain't just about money here. And this ain't a tithe message. So relax. <laughs> this is about discipleship. This is all about discipleship. And this young, rich young ruler came to Jesus urgently. Let me tell you, when it says he ran at him and fell at his feet, let me tell you something. He was urgently trying to get to him before he left town. And so he runs up to him and he falls down at his feet and he asks the one question that we've built our whole church culture on. How do you get to heaven? How can I have eternal life? And then he begins, Jesus, he, he asks the question, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus' answer was not about going to heaven. Oh man, you got to see this. Jesus said, He tells him all the commandments. And the rich young ruler said, Well, I've done all these things. You would have thought that would have been the answer for his urgent question, right? But what Jesus said was, is your good deeds are not enough. Oh, man. He said, all your good deeds that you can do on your own are not enough. And Jesus answers his question and goes right to his heart. He goes right to his yes or his no. He goes right to what is holding his yes back. He goes right to what is holding him and not him holding it. 
If this young man had had a hold of his money and not his money having a hold to him, it wouldn't have been a problem. But the problem was, is Jesus knew down the road, I'm going to need a bigger yes out of you than I'm asking for right now. And what you've, what's got you, you're not going to say yes. And it's going to cripple your eternal destination. Because he said, go sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, and then follow me. See, Jesus knew that he wouldn't follow and say yes when he needed to say yes. Come on, does that make sense, y'all? Because, see, discipleship is not membership. And this kid just wanted to be a member of the hottest thing going down the road. Oh, man. See, he didn't want to have to give up what had him hold of him. See, I remember my yeses being what I loved and I had to let go of it. I remember those hard yeses of having to come up and say, look, huh, I'm going to have to quit. I mean, I sat right there with Billy and I'm like, and, and I mean, I knew, I knew where the rodeo company was going. We, we were doing amateur rodeos, fixing to do professional rodeos. And I come up and I felt I'm telling you, I felt like I needed to quit. Because see, rodeo had me, I didn't have it. And I mean, soon as I quit, it wasn't long, God gave it back even better than it ever was. See, we always don't want to give up our desires and our passions because it's our desires and passions. But here's what I had to learn, that the desires and passions that God put on the inside of me, He put them there and He wants to grow them to where I have them and they don't have me. Come on. And when I am functioning and working and, and moving in those passions and desires and, and am happy and, and not burdened down, weighed down, but is, am excelling in it, God said, that's my son. Look at him go. He's doing what I put in him for the glory of my kingdom. Come on. You know who broke that down for me? That man sitting right there, Luke Morgan. God will send you people to encourage the gift on the inside of you, whether you know it or not. That man that preached up here the other day, Terry Holland, inspired this young man. Come on, God knows how to, but there has to be a yes somewhere that says, I'll give this up because you're enough for me. You're enough for me. See, that's discipleship. That's not membership. And then that desire and that passion for what you do becomes a why. 
you do what you do. Come on, man. See, there, there's a why behind the what you do. And you've got to learn that sometimes going through the mashing, the squeezing, going through that process. Listen to me. Grapes don't make wine unless they're crushed. And then when the grape goes through a crushing, it becomes intoxicating. Oh, come on, man. Y'all don't get so religious. Y'all have all been drunk sometime. Everybody, that's why you drink for the buzz. Right? Somebody. And when our life is allowed to go through the crushing and the breaking, we become that buzz for somebody. Come on. A diamond is made through pressure from a chunk of coal. We are all a bunch of old chunk of coals. Amen, brother. Thank you, Lord God. <laughs> no, we're all being pressured. Come on. And the pressure makes diamonds. Right? When a seed goes in the ground, it must what? Die and break. Or it remains alone. All of these things... The grapes, we become intoxicating when we go through the crushing. When we're a chunk of coal and we go through the pressing, we begin to have value and worth. When we allow ourselves to die and break, then we can produce seed. Come on. It's a process that we're all in. We all go through every one of these processes all the time. And it's always amazing. We've never had a bull that comes to the chute and just says, oh, give me a shot. Pour the wormer on. <laughs> Not one time. It's, they come in there. We got to fight them, squeeze them down, catch their head. Come on. But it's for their benefit. It's for their good. It gets rid of infections. It keeps them from being wormy. A lot, there's a lot of wormy folk need to get in there. You hear what I'm saying? It's all good. Sometimes we don't like it, but let me tell you, that's discipleship at its, the crushing, the pressure, the breaking, that's discipleship. That's what Jesus was telling this rich young ruler. Son, oh, Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay up treasures in heaven heaven. Come on. See, God wants us to be able to know that our true treasure is eternal in heaven. 
verse 29. I love this. This is so cool. His disciples are listening to this. And they were amazed at what he was saying. And then Jesus, he, after the rich young ruler leaves, Jesus is looking at his disciples and they are just like big eyed going, what? And he says, he talks about the kingdom of heaven. He said, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of heaven? He didn't ask a question. He's making a statement here. That's what gets me. He's, he's making a statement. He says, children, how hard is it to get to the kingdom of heaven? He wasn't asking a question. He's making a statement. And then he says, he says, uh, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. He wasn't asking a question. He was making a statement. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? Still not a question. Verse 25, he said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, here's here's the deal. He's not talking about the eye of a needle. He's talking about a gate. And he's saying it's not in, he's, he's not saying it's impossible. He's just saying, how hard is it? He talks in another place about the narrow road. And he talks about the wide road. Listen, discipleship is, is, is like that camel getting on his knees and crawling through that gate. Because the gate wasn't big enough and they called it the eye of a needle. Because the camel would have to get on his knees and crawl through that gate to get in the city. It's not impossible. Come on. But it's going to have to take obedience. I don't, I don't know zip about a camel except they and spit. So I don't know what it takes to train a camel to get on his knees and crawl. But I can tell you it's probably difficult. Huh? Not impossible. But it can be difficult. It can be inconvenient. And it can be uncomfortable. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's why Jesus is always trying to get us out of our head and into our heart. You know why most athletes get in a slump? Because their head takes over. Because their head takes over. And then it's this constant battle in their mind and they're thinking about the slump instead of what they're supposed to be doing. Come on, y'all with me? Verse 29. Peter began to say to him, verse 28, Behold, we've left everything to follow you. Look what Jesus tells him. I love this part. This is what helped me 
with some of my yeses that were uncomfortable. Truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers and children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he shall receive a hundred times as much. Look what it says now. Now. In this present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with persecutions. Oh, man, you could have left that out. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last in the last first. Come on. If the rich young ruler would have stuck around long enough, he would have understood that even when I give it up, I have to trust God and he'll give it back. And he'll give it back seven times. I'm telling you, there's millionaires that God wants to be billionaires, but they can't say yes. There's people that got a few head of cattle and God wants to bless them more. Come on. Business owners, come on. We just have to learn sometimes that saying yes is not convenient or comfortable. See, the rich young ruler appraised the situation off of his natural carnal mindset of what he had. In our culture that we live in today, you can't make your decisions off of fads, fashions, because none of that, listen, none of that will bring you joy and peace. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, and that's being connecting, that's connecting your spirit to Jesus' spirit, and that's where true life comes from. If y'all would stand. Listen, that's when you truly come alive. That's when true life, you begin to realize what true life is. Man, how exciting it is to dangle your toes out over the edge. Oh, it's exhilarating. <laughs> Scary. The unknown. What's it going to be like to be a mama? You've been playing mama all your life with little dolls, dreaming of this day, and then all of a sudden God gives stink to poop. Playing's over. When it's all over you, Oh my God, I'll never forget bringing Josh home the first time. I didn't know a kid this big could move so fast. I got poop on me, it's on him, and I can't get his feet out of it. I'm just like, what happened? Oh. It's just a process. 
It's always a process. So, um, <clears throat> I've been coming to church for a long time. And uh, when I come to church, it's, uh, it's, it inspires me continually to um, answer the mandate. And so when you come to church, we, we all come to, to hear and get inspired, but there, we have to lead with a mandate. And <laughs> this word is there's a mandate, and that means that there's something required on, uh, of our yes. So when we say yes to Jesus, that's not the end. <laughs> that's, that's the beginning of the mandate because he said, now go make disciples. And whether wherever you are in your walk in life, you're called to make a disciple. And maybe you just said yes last week to Jesus and you say, well, I'm not qualified to make a disciple, but you are. Yes. It's how you respond and react to your environment that inspires others because yes. they knew how you used to be and how you are now. And when you allow your yes to break you, it expands your capacity of influence. So when this guy said, yes, I'll take the youth, um, it just broke open his capacity because that's good here came me and misty yeah and then his yes broke open my capacity and so if i could i mean i don't have this but if you could put up this tree of influence that has gone through after he left the mantle on me we did youth for 20 years and so I mean, I have a handful of kids that are really, really close to me, but there's, I was able to inspire and it just continues to grow. And so the capacity that you have within you depends on your yes of whether, how I react, especially now with the world, the way it's going on, if we can walk in that peace and just say, I know a better way will affect and influence and that's discipleship because then they want they they know they see the stability and that's you don't have to be Keisha Hilton who has oh I lead a women's ministry SFL so she's the only one qualified all those ladies that she inspires and influences they go out and the capacity, it's, it's all about, in the beginning, he said, when he created, it just, it's, it's going. So yeah. I just want to say, you have the capacity to influence and disciple right where you're at. You don't need years of experience just no. to say yes. No, uh, I, I remember Jimmy when Jimmy and Misty first started dating, 
he was a wreck. And I mean, the furthest thing from a cowboy that you would have ever, I think the first time I ever seen him, he had on slacks. And I remember, I remember saying, Jim, why don't you come work a rodeo with us and just hang out, you know? Now, I knew it was going to be more work to have him there than to not have him there. And yeah, we did hook the pants off of him. <laughs> I told him, I said, Jim, stand right here in this gate and hold it. He didn't know nothing. And it was evident he didn't know nothing because this bull run the length of him, but he never let go of the gate. <laughs> you know, I was like, he might stick around. Oh, God. But we developed a friendship over time, and he did take the youth when we left. And it was just, but you never know. That could be your yes. We didn't know nothing about, just, we're just all trying to make it there. You know? We're just all trying to, you just never know who's around you that you're gonna affect years down the road. Years down the road. So listen, a yes is not always comfortable and it may not always be convenient. But let me tell you something, it will be rewarding. And you may not see it right now and it may be later on down the road but you can't imagine what your yes to the little thing right now can grow into. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you, Lord, for things that we don't even see yet what you're going to do with us. When we connect our spirit to your spirit, Father, we begin, we open the door to a whole new way of life. Lord, help us to submit to the process. Lord, help us to give our best yes. Lord, help us to move out of our head into our heart. Help us to see people the way you see people. Lord, help us to be a part of the move that you are moving through this country that people can find freedom that chains will fall off that people can be set free to come to know you their true worth and their true value Father I just thank you and I praise you Lord Jesus in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.